Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Almost Famous Minute, where we're discussing the 2000 Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous, one minute at a time. I'm Eric Nash from Feels Like Weezer. I'm David Smith from Airplane Minute and Top Secret Minute. I'm Casey Likes from uh, Almost Famous the Musical. Well, Casey, uh, that is that's amazing. You you uh, you actually portray uh, William. That's correct. I do. I do play William Miller. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first, uh, I mean, I, I probably may have had an actor or two, but not actually from the thing I'm kind of talking about or, or even related in a sense. Right, right, right. Yeah. So where, where do you perform? Uh, we, we just did the premiere in San Diego at the Old Globe last year, which is actually really funny because it's in the beginning of Almost Famous. Yeah. Um, so uh. yeah, that's where we premiered it. And now we're just kind of waiting on the industry to be... <laughs> a yeah. thing again. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's, yeah. There's, there's been plenty of other things too, that have kind of got interrupted, unfortunately, but, uh, and then that one, you know, I mean, hopefully I, I would love for it to, I mean, it's, it feels like it could easily be like five years away or something, but you know, to make it to my neck of the woods that, or I have to get, make my way to wherever, <laughs> whatever might be closest, whether it could still be in California, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. later next year or something, or, if it makes it to, to New York or something. Yeah. I, I will be really excited to try to do that when it, when it is a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, David, this, this minute, uh, he was here last week as a guest and we're going to promote him to our, for our unofficial co Ding. no responsibility, co-host responsibility, n- non-responsibility. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> you bet. I, I got the epaulets on my shoulders and everything. <laughs> Um, so like I was saying, that was last, last week was minute 67. We're here this week with, uh, Casey and David for minute 68 and minute 68 starts with sleepy and sexy hellos and ends with Ben liking what we're saying. Yes. (laughs) So Casey, how did you get involved with the production? I got involved, um, by, uh, it's uh, to make a long story short. Um, there's this program called the Jimmy Awards which is a basically what um, 
the Broadway community likes to describe as the junior Tonys. Um, so the Tony Awards are basically like the awards for um, for musicals on Broadway, just in case you don't know. But um, this is a, a competition for high schoolers. And I got there um, by performing in a high school musical here in Arizona, where I live. And when I got there, um, it's kind of all the Broadway community watches and just watches all these very, very crazy, talented kids, I guess, that I got to work with. And, um, and we all perform and they saw me, the casting director, Jillian Semini for uh, Almost Famous, the musical was looking because they had previously lost the person that they were planning on moving forward with, um, with William um, for the musical. And they saw me and I guess they were like, ah, that kid looks, uh, looks like William and he, and he sings pretty all right. <laughs> and, uh, and they brought me in and I auditioned and met Cameron in LA and we really got along. And, um, and then I moved on to audition for the director, Jeremy Heron and the, the lyricist and composer, Tom Kitt. And yeah, it kind of happened in a week and then I was in rehearsals the next week. Wow. It's pretty crazy. So you went from high school musicals to off Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an unfair, an unfair little turn of events, but I'm very happy to be here. Huh. And awesome. I get to talk to you guys. I got to talk to all of y'all about just this amazing story. Yeah. So we were talking uh, last week in the last minute about this, this is really sort of a pivotal moment for William because he's kind of, you know, he's losing his virginity. He's, he's had this real deep feelings for Penny and she's sort of letting him go and do this thing. But he's also kind of disobeying his bosses at Rolling Stone and stuff. It's a really kind of a pivotal moment for him. Yeah, it is. It really is, man. It's, um, and it's also, you know, as, as Cameron Crowe's writing usually is, it's, it's these very serious themes under, you know, this hilarious dialogue, <laughs> which is like, you're like, man, how are, how am I like, I get everything going on, but I'm also laughing. Yeah. It's funny stuff, man. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty important point uh, there that, uh, you know, uh, I, I think you can maybe use the word uh, disappointing, <laughs> His 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 bosses, so to speak, at, at with Rolling Stone, uh, Ben Fontoris, that we we heard a little bit uh, last minute him saying his own name, and then uh, this minute, at the very beginning of this minute, uh, Sapphire <laughs> repeating his name back aloud for uh, uh, barely sleeping William to hear. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right. St stuns him awake <laughs> that <laughs> that Ben is actually calling him right now. <laughs> uh, this at this point in the morning after his wild night. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea that, uh, you know, I mean, there's the one point here where, where Ben really, you know, gets, you know, gets upset with him, you mm -hmm. know, is, you know, get it together, man. That, that whole idea that, you know, you know, a, a reporter, even if he was older, shouldn't be having fun <laughs> in, in, in such a way that uh, there's, there's, I, I think it's because Ben th realizes there's, a couple young women in the room with them. I mean, there's one that there's the one that answered and he can really tell that 
this, there must be this other woman, young woman in the room that's, uh, she, she hasn't yeah. finished with coffee, but she says, I need some. <laughs> yeah. And Paquin makes a little Yelp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's also like when he gets mad, Ben Fong Torres, you know, looking, looking back at the script, it's, you know, he's like, get it together, man. Um, and he's saying, you know, we, all, we need your stuff. And, I think he kind of thinks that maybe he doesn't have anything, which I think in William's mind at this point, he's like, I don't have anything, you know, and it's not true. I mean, he truly does have a lot of great stuff, but he just doesn't have the Russell interview, which Uh is pretty much in William's eyes and and in Rolling Stone's eyes, the most important piece. Like there is no story without that interview. Yeah. And and he probably yeah, right. He probably really needs it to kind of really get the rest of the story that he has on all these little scraps of paper <laughs> that he that, <laughs> that you know, a couple minutes ago now. Uh he was in the bathtub with uh, all around him um trying trying to compile into something resembling an article of, of substance. <laughs> but yeah. with but yeah. You know, like yeah, like you said without the uh Russell interview. It's it's hard to really gauge what's what's the best way to put that other stuff in order. Yeah, does he does he actually say in here that do you have the Russell interview? Is that a line in here? Uh I don't think it's in this minute. Okay. He says he says that oh maybe it's in the next minute? I don't remember. I don't but I I don't I don't even know if that doesn't sound familiar though to me. So oh. that could be something that was was That was either, in the musical. Yeah, musical only. Yeah, that'll be that'll be crazy when it when it does come to that point where uh where it's it's a little better known, little you know, seen a lot more than it has so far, unfortunately. But um, yeah, and, and and you know, I mean, we also had the, uh, you know, we we have the great thing that uh, you know that that has the payoff of of uh, Lester Bangs, played by the great Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, you know, giving him the uh, the right wording to uh, to 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 wet Ben Fong Torres's appetite, you know. <laughs> that 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 the article is coming or something is kind of happening that 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 this, that this uh, somewhat unknown reporter. I mean, you oh. know, he has he has read his stuff before in Cream. Is, is <laughs> all the the, to that. the stuff that he's written on his hand is that from Lester Bangs? Right. Oh, that's, I forgot that. That's hilarious. Yeah, he wrote it down on his hand. He didn't have <laughs> anything else at that point. But it's a really good thing. It turns out because he couldn't have reached and all gone all the way into the into the bathroom, into the shower where his where his stuff really should should be still. Um, and hopefully hasn't gotten wet by anyone. Going I to, I find going it to um, interesting that Ben Fong Torres is is swayed by that. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It's really a funny line. It's wild that, yeah, it's kind of like, I also think it's so, I mean, when you really look at it, you know, obviously you get it as, you know, any of us could really be like, okay, I see what it's saying. But when you first hear that, especially as fast as, you know, Patrick wields it off, he just really runs it off pretty quickly. And then instantly Ben's like, okay, I get it. And you're like, really? Okay. And I guess Sounds maybe good. maybe it would have worked in the 70s, but but the term think piece has been thrown around so yeah. much by now that it's basically meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I use that as like a joke in like life. I'm just yeah. like, ah, it's a think piece. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Right. 
And like, isn't every band like struggling with fame or whatever he says? Right. The harsh face of stardom. There it is. Yeah. I don't know if it's a chain and a conscious change, but it's it's harsh glare in the mu- oh. in the musical. I don't know if that that matters, but. Hmm. Are there any other uh, interesting differences in this scene in the musical? Great question. Let me figure it out. Um, I don't, I, I mean, well, a major difference is that I can't, I'm not allowed to cover uh, Polexia's mouth. Um, when she that was actually to... my more, more specific question. <laughs> <laughs> what, is that what you were asking? <laughs> well, I mean, that was the next thing I was going to say is like that, that whole thing where he covers her mouth and then he covers it again when he wants to use his left hand to read the words. Mm-hmm. Like that seemed really weird. I wondered if that was in the musical. No, it's not. I don't, um, I think it's more of a spacing issue because I mean, it's like we have a small bed that we basically have this big, you know, scene before obviously where he loses his virginity, but I think it just didn't work out spacing wise. And it, you know, like we're not presenting the camera, we're presenting this big house. So I'm not touching her face for that long. Um, I think it would have looked weird. Uh, I, but, Are uh, you trying to murder her? Or? <laughs> right. <laughs> I just kind of yeah. shush her, and it's it's kind of a funny moment. Yeah. But I'm just like, and then I continue on with the scene. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I think in this one, it's played for comedy, especially because you have the camera like top down on her face when he switches hands. But it's also like he's already shushed her. He doesn't need to keep putting his hand on her face. Yeah. Yeah. Yet though, the way she finishes, <laughs> he, you know, and that, that, that actually is apparently next minute though, too. I kind of gave it away earlier coffee, uh, but, yeah. um, but you know, she, she still does finish what she was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> Even after for this protracted, you know, half a minute yeah. or more, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's played in the musical. Like she has enough respect to be quiet. Yeah. While he's on the phone, and then as soon as he hangs up the phone, she immediately hits it with the coffee. <laughs> so. Nice. Well, well, speaking of respect, there's there's Sapphire after after the think piece line, <laughs> Sapphire, you know, going going, you know, that's saying great. very whispered to to William, <laughs> that's great, yeah, and and uh, you know, because it's so whispered, I mean, that that's something I was I was definitely thinking about in relation to having you on, and it's like, uh, you know, you know, how does whispering work in in the <laughs> in the theater world? I mean, you can't really whisper can you i mean you you can kind of try to give the effect that you're whispering but you still have to say it loud enough for right the audience to hear yeah that's a great point um we're very especially mm, i can't say especially in this production because i mean all of them are but uh we're very lucky to have a great sound person mm. uh, a sound designer um by the name of that i believe it's peter helinski but he's he's really incredible and he he really picks up things that are very close but we still have to do this thing called a stage whisper which is basically just a very supported um whisper that is almost like talking you know it's almost like talking like loudly i mean Uh it's but but it sounds like a whisper yeah right yeah Yeah. so it's kind of like it's you know whereas if i was whispering i'd be like 
hey, what's up? Like, if, but if I'm whispering on stage, I'd be like, hey, what's up? Like, there's still a little bit of tone in my voice. So, um, yeah, it's kind of what Are it you is. guys mic'd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm mic'd. I'm actually the only character in the uh, show that doesn't wear a wig. Um, so everybody else has their mics and their wigs. <laughs> um, so you really can't see it. I mean, it's just like, yeah, some, some productions have them on the cheek and stuff like that, but all of our mics are hidden and mine is hidden in my hair. So I have that little process before I go on. And so how is the uh, pack hidden in this scene? <laughs> um, the pack where my, I think their packs are hidden literally in their wigs. And then my pack is hidden in, uh, in my pants. So I don't, I actually don't take, I mean, this is not, this is different minute, obviously, but I don't take my pants off um, to do, to do just straight underwear. It's, uh, I, I have, oh, okay. I have jeans on and uh, I get my shirt taken off, but it's like taped down my back. And you back. don't see your back on the stage. Oh. Right, right, right. I'm always okay. facing forward. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. It's just, that was, I, this whole scene, really the scene before um, uh, with the deflower, the, the deflowering scene and then this scene, both of them were worked on, honestly, more than anything in the show. Um, and then the second to that would be this song called It's All Happening, which is in the Hyatt house. <laughs> um, but uh, man, it's, we worked on it quite a bit, just tonally. It's like you're really watching a 15-year-old a with no shirt on. And it's not <laughs> like you can hide behind your popcorn in a movie screen. Like that 15 year old probably can see you like, and you can't laugh at him because you'll feel awkward and you'll feel bad because you're like, ah, he's a child. And then, yeah, everyone's also significantly, well, not significantly, like everyone's older um, in, in our production um, than, uh, than they are in the movie. Just, a, just by a little bit, not, not by a lot, just like a few years, but it really, really hits home that like, Oh, he is, he is a child, you know, he's a, he's a naked child in bed with, with three older women. <laughs> so actually that, that begs the question, how old are you? I'm, I'm 18 currently. Okay. I was, I was 17 when I did the production. <laughs> um, so like, I guess technically an adult, but really I'm a child. Um, I'm like two years old, <laughs> but yeah, I was 17 when I did the production in San Diego. Wow. It looks like I'll be 19 if we, or older, if we, uh, if we continue right. on past this. So it's crazy. But, but, uh, but William, you know, you're saying, you know, it, you know, he, he was a child, but he is now a man as, as, <laughs> right. as, as he kind of points out next minute going a little bit too far in next minute, but, uh, but there is that aspect too. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. I never thought about that this is like the first minute of him being yeah. different, I guess, you know, very good point. I'm going to use that. It's <laughs> great, man. I love this scene. Really funny. Yeah. And I, and I love how, how, uh, Ben says we've already got one Hunter Thompson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just totally brings back, you know, whoever's seen, <laughs> that the movie uh no i can't think of the name fear and loathing there it is fear yeah. and loathing las vegas 
Yeah, yeah. How how familiar are you with that? I mean, was is that is that a part that was included in in the musical, the Hunter yeah, Thompson line? Yeah, one hundred Thompson is yeah. is in the musical. There's a lot of care. I mean, he. It's funny because people really like to, you know, when you're when you're in this show, your our ensemble is playing so many different roles. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if you asked a member from our ensemble and they're like, "Are you playing?" 100 thompson in one scene because you know there's one one girl in our ensemble that just like she has decided in certain scenes she is stevie nicks and and you know and it's it kind of works because she looks exactly like stevie nicks Mm -hmm. um so you know if you asked a member of our ensemble it's probably someone playing 100 thompson at some point Mm -hmm. in the show so um well that's actually uh it gets confused a lot. I, I just mentioned him last minute um, with, with when David was with us and, and another another co-host then. But um, uh, I, I mentioned Rain Wilson's character, but uh, there are some people out there. I think some earlier guests that uh, I forget. I don't think it was necessarily when he was on, but even before he, before the, the minute he's already he's already been on once and he's going to be on again uh, when, he, when we get back to more uh, Rolling Stone office. Uh, uh, bigger, bigger scenes in the office. Um, but uh, they they were thinking that he was supposed to be Hunter Thompson, and probably mostly because of the you know the 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 tip you know the 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 tip what have you type of cigarette the the like the extension piece. Mm-hmm. He is uh, smoking one of those in the scenes. Uh, Rain Rain's character. Yeah, Rain Rain. Uh, we have the same character in our show, and it's, okay. uh, yeah. his, his character's name is David Felton, and okay. David Felton. Right. And and Ben Fong Torres came to the show one night, um, so we met we met both of them, cool. and then we had the actors that played them obviously take a picture with uh, them. So that was really yep. special. Wow! But <laughs> yeah, they were they were super cool. <laughs> he was like uh, the Ben Fong Torres was like, uh, wow, the guy you got to play me was cooler than me in the movie, and he's <laughs> even cooler than me now. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a funny guy. Awesome. So, so you said you've met Cameron Crowe. Yeah. So one of the things we were remarking last week is that, you know, we've seen pictures and videos of Cameron Crowe, you know, post this movie. Um, and it seemed to me like it was hard for me to reconcile him now with William in this movie. How do you feel about that? Do you think he, he represented himself truly in this movie? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, we had so many discussions about, uh, I was I was really nervous at the beginning because uh, they were like, they kept giving me the note, smile more. And I was like, that's an interesting note because, you know, from my my perspective of, of Patrick's performance, you know, it, he didn't, he, I didn't, I don't think of William as smiling all the time. I think of him as wide-eyed, you know, just mm-hmm. trying not to mess up yeah. all the time. And I was, I really was trying to play that and they were like, smile more. And I was like, okay. And then we got some other notes throughout the process where I was kind of like, I feel like we're, we're, my idea of what William is, especially through Patrick's unbelievable performance. I, I was like, I feel like we're straying away from, you know, what I, I at least think I'm doing. And then we finally had this big, long conversation where they were like, we're, you know, we're trying to make we're trying to have this essence of William. We're not trying to do Patrick's performance. 
And, uh, and then I just kind of came to the realization in that moment that I was like, you have the guy right there. Like he's, <laughs> he writes our book. He's there every single day. Like, and he's also the only member of our creative team that saw every single, like almost every single show. I think he missed two, huh? but usually creative members oh, wow. go home. They go home and, you know, they've done their work. Like, why would you stay and watch 47 <laughs> productions over and over again? But he's always there. So I've, I've had so much time with Cameron and we do, we do Zoom calls every Wednesday oh, almost wow. um, where uh, the cast and I and, and Cameron, we just all bond and we just hang out and talk about whatever. But, you know, the more and more you talk to him, the more you're like, wow, this is not made up. Like everything in the, that movie is Cameron. I think he looks a little different in real life, especially yeah. at 15. He had, he had this long, gorgeous like hair. <laughs> it was just unbelievable. But yeah, I'd only mentioned that last, last minute for the very first time, because just earlier in a week I had seen a photo of him. Yeah. I mean, I'd seen other photos of him and of the, of, of roughly the right time period. But at those points he just didn't have it quite as long as he did, you know, right. way, way past the shoulder. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. I like visually, like, I think the, the William character now, especially now that there's two versions out there, um, there's the musical and the movie there's, I think they visually, we look a little bit different. Um, but I mean, the essence of Cameron, it's like when you meet him yeah. and when you talk to him, which, you know, you will someday he'll probably be at whatever production you come at to <laughs> almost famous even if it's 20 years from now he will definitely still be there and uh he will be watching that freaking show every night but you know he you talk to him and you're like wow you are william you make me feel like i want to i want to say everything to you and it's it's just it's incredible that's really cool yeah because that that's sort of the the essence of the William character is that he's so pure and innocent in this movie that all these jaded rockers and and you know groupies slash band-aids uh, are just drawn to his innocence and purity mm. mm-hmm. yeah he's and he's still like that today it's like oh that's great you know we're all like it's it's just amazing because you're like you are the most powerful person in this room. However, you are still the best person in this room. Oh, yeah. And it's, I, you shouldn't be like that, but you are. <laughs> like, you, you, you have an Oscar. Like, you don't need to talk to me. <laughs> and he does. He's, even the jaded musical theater people that are all like, ah, eight shows. And he's like, great. Eight shows get to watch you eight times this week. Wow. He's he's great, man. He's just the best person. You, you must have heard I mean there's gotta gotta have been other people that have said to him and and maybe you were confused by the line. But maybe hopefully people filled you in and got you just to watch this old movie from the early nineties, <laughs> um uh Wayne's World and and people doing the we're not worthy oh i you know it's funny i was just going through our our links in our in our text (laughs) message stream because he he sent me um some demos from the show and i and i actually sent him that gift the other day Uh because he's so complimentary like he's a journalist so he's he just says the best compliments and i and i just Uh sent him the we're not worthy gift because that's (laughs) that's like that's him man like he just walks into a room and you feel like giving him that 
I feel like giving him that Wayne's World touch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Great, man. Crazy. Um, additionally, another little thing that, uh, you know, uh, uh, Plexia is doing is, is, is the stuff with her hand <laughs> on, on William's body, on, on his arm, mainly, mostly, <laughs> it seems like, hopefully, yeah. mostly, hopefully, hopefully nowhere else off camera, but, um, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> At that point, it's a little too late. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a little walking her fingers up his arm. So, so is, I mean, so, so without holding, holding your hand over her mouth, at least for that long, something like that is probably also kind of missing from, from the musical, I imagine. Yeah. I think they, uh, I think they really get it out of, out of the way. And, in, in the because whereas, you know, in the music, I mean, in the movie, it, it, you kind of only see the beginning of that uh, deflowering scene and you're like, okay, we can assume something happens, but Okay. Uh, it's kind of expanded in the musical okay. yeah. um, in a very tasteful way. I, I must yeah. And say. that's one of the things that's kind of done to, yeah. Yeah. So I think they, yeah. I think they get all the little playful poking and, uh, and prodding of, of, of William yeah. b- done in the scene prior. So I think they're kind of all tired and just laughing the next morning rather than playing with his arm hair. So so how many girls are there the next morning in your play? Yeah, right. I th- yeah, I thought I heard you say three. Three. Because what we have actually yeah, at the end of next minute or maybe even the minute after that is Beth in another room. Yeah, Beth's with uh, yeah. Dick, right? Yeah, I believe, I, believe that's, I believe that is Dick, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we don't even have a Beth, which is um, yeah. funny mm-hmm. because, you know, um, uh, Bijou – uh Bijou left the production and and so so uh it was Beth that came in and um and so yeah we only have uh it's actually Sapphire, Palexia and Estrella that are in the room at uh-huh. the end. So the Beth character is kind of just molded into uh Estrella. Or is it Palexia? Well yeah, well yeah, and that's what happens for the movie that that Estrella kind of goes we don't really know where she's gone off to. She has gone off uh, in the roughly in the more in the middle here ish. Right, right. And she right, may right. come back. She may does she come back? But yeah, and, and Beth kind of takes her place so that, that kind of happens about the same time I think mm-hmm. for the movie. So yeah. Yeah. She does all the same stuff though. All the flirtation on the phone and you know prior earlier in the movie and then and then obviously she's, but she is in the bed and she is in the bed at the beginning. It's all three girls. And, uh, yeah. Hey listener, are you registered to vote? Headcount is a nonpartisan organization that works with the music and entertainment industry to get fans to vote. To update or check your voter registration status, go to headcount.org where you will find all the information you need to be ready for election day. Are you registered to vote at your current address? More than 60% of eligible voters have never been asked to register. Headcount.org is working to change that. Register to vote at headcount.org. So going back to the previous minute, you know, when when the girls are are dancing around William and uh, Penny is about to leave, there's these super tight shots on his eyes and her eyes. Hmm. How, How do you handle that on the stage version? Um... That's a great question. I'm a sucker for, for any eye shots. Like I, I'm a filmmaker myself and just shots of eyes, I think are so telling of, of characters. And obviously you don't have that in musical theater. So um, 
like I said, it's kind of expanded. That whole scene is expanded in the musical into a, a number. Um, and without giving too much of it away, there it's, there's a moment where the song that we are singing um, kind of fades away. And, uh, and Williams being, uh, you know, kind of his shirt is taken off and, and the girls are all around him and on top of him. And, and he's all he can focus on is Penny. So she walks around the room, very similar to how she does in the movie. But it's like you see that, you know, where the camera zoomed in on his eyes in the movie and you kind of assume what's going on outside of that shot. You know, in this, you, you see it, you know, you see what's going on. Um, yeah. And it's, and I actually think it's, it's just as powerful um, as that eye shot because it's like, you get to see how much he is ignoring mm-hmm. to, to just look at Penny. And it's like, there's so much happening around him, but all he can think about is Penny. And you say you're, this is a musical number at this point? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a really cool musical number. Um, cause this it's original music throughout the show, but there's also, um, there's also some hits from the seventies that are in there. So it's like part jukebox, but then also part original from these amazing hmm. tunes written by Tom Kitt. And this is this moment specifically that I moment where he's looking at Penny is a combination of, a of an already known hit that I'll, I'll leave up to surprise. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then a Tom Kitt original in the middle of it. And are, is it a duet between William and Penny or is it just a William? Like how, what, what is the number? Uh, it's a, it's a pretty, um, it's pretty, I don't even know how to describe it. It's, it's everyone, everyone in the yeah. room has, the, has okay. their moment um, when it comes to an ensemble to that piece. Scene. Yeah. 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 So it's cool. Very cool. We really dig it. It's took a lot of work though. Cause you know, tonally it's like a scene that obviously you can imagine is hard to get right. And camera just nailed it in that, in the movie. Yeah. Cause it's, it's basically, you know, wordless in the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you gotta, you gotta bring that out in song on the stage. That's, it's really tough. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't, I don't know how many musicals you've you've seen or whatever, but I don't I don't really dig the musicals that are like, I am talking and I'm singing and I'm singing about what I'm saying, and it's just right. like you're like, okay, can I just watch the movie, you know? But I think what's great about um, the musical is that Tom and uh, and the selection of songs that Tom and Cameron and whoever else had a say in it, uh, the '70s songs that they picked, uh-huh. um, they're all songs that are not like. I'm going to tell you what I'm singing about. Like, I'm not, I'm not singing a song about like, I am losing my virginity. Like it's not anything like that. It's like this very tastefully artistic um, moment where you're kind of like, Oh wow. Like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain without giving too much away, but it's, it's really cool. So what, um, I guess what non-original songs are in the stage play that are, are are the same ones that are in the movie? Are they different? Is this like a huge difference? There's a lot of similar ones from the movie. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, and I, I do have to say um, prior to 
prior to talking about a few of them is that uh, you know everything's subject to change because um, it was mm. frozen in San Diego, but you know we could always change it in the next production of it. Uh, sure. Um, but uh, I think it's I think it's pretty pretty locked down. I think everything worked out pretty well in San Diego, but there might be give or take a few differences. But I'm assuming that you really want to know if Tiny Dancer's in it, which is. <laughs> Yes, Tandy Dancer isn't it. I feel like people would probably throw uh, things <laughs> at the stage if it wasn't. Um, so Tiny Dancer is in it, and um, what's some? Uh, there's some new ones, obviously in the in the same flavor of the ones that are in there. Um, but the the big ones that are the same from the movie include uh, Tiny Dancer, River by Joni Mitchell. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones that are in the movie. Well, I know I think I think I mentioned it uh, on on the last week as well. The the there's the Beach Boy, Beach Boys, sorry, <laughs> Beach Boys, uh, song. Uh, oh, Feel Flow. Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, and that's I know that's a special one for Cameron. Feel Flows so, is unreal. Yeah, but, but that would be he loves that, Feel that, that'd be really interesting to hear. You know a. A, a, a more musical style version of it, you know, with it's not quite all uh, highly produced, you know, you know, in, in the studio that is kind mm-hmm. of all the productions that can be that can happen in the studio. Yeah. So that's my question: is for yeah. the for the classic rock songs that are in the stage play, are they just played, or are you performing them live? Um, we are performing them live. Um, I will say feel flows is not feel flows is not in it. Um, but, uh, it is a great song. I feel like feel flows may have been in a lab of the show a reading of the show. I don't know. I was, I never was involved in the readings or the labs, so I don't know for sure. But, um, I know, I know almost all of that soundtrack was at one point in the show. Cause even Cameron experimented wow. with a fully jukebox version of this show, just based on the soundtrack of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he decided he needed some original tunes, which I'm very thankful for because the original stuff is just mind blowing. But uh, yeah, we do sing, we do sing some, and there are different arrangements. I don't know if you know anything about Tom Kitt, but Tom yeah. Kitt is, mm-hmm. uh, he arranged the American idiot musical mm-hmm. and uh he just recently arranged the Jagged Little Pill musical, um, Alanis Morissette. Oh, I heard that one was really good. Yeah. So he's he's pretty experienced when it comes to finding new creative ways to listen to songs we already know and love. Hmm. Yeah, I I like what we're saying, <laughs> um, so to speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah this this has been yeah this has been great, Casey, and I you know. Uh, I think we're going to probably wind down. I don't know if there's any other big notes that either of you kind of may have, may have had for, for the minute proper. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely the one thing I, I need, we need to get from you for this minute. I told you a little bit about before, if you can, uh, mm-hmm. will, will you, will you rank the bands that are most commonly believed to make up the band, uh, Stillwater? Um, will you be doing this from favorite to least or vice versa? I feel like I'm so unqualified. Can you repeat the bands again? So yeah, Almond Brothers Band, Eagles, Led Zeppelin, and Leonard Skinnerd. I'm so unqualified. I'm like, <laughs> I don't. Are, I will say the ones I know the most. Are any? Uh, let me let me ask you this real quick though. 
Do you, do you know uh, of those four? Are any of those? I do because bands? most of their music is in no, the show. Are any of those bands part of the show? Yeah, actually, I yeah. think all of okay. them are. All four. Okay. Um, I actually, I don't know if we have any Eagles. We yeah. might not have any Eagles in there. Um, but I know for sure we have three, three of those. Um, but yeah, um, I would say, I'm just going to say the ones I know the most because I don't want people mm-hmm. to attack me because <laughs> I know people have some serious opinions on this yeah. one, but, uh, I would say Led Zeppelin, it's gotta be number one. You know, it's, it's the obvious choice, but it's like, it's the obvious choice for a reason. Um, I'm debating between Almond Brothers um, and Leonard Skinner. Um, yeah, and and those two, yeah, really, you know, I I think for majority of people, kind of fall pretty similar. You know, I mean, they're both this this very southern rock. You know, and and, and all three of all three of the others besides Zeppelin are kind of off on their own as well. They're all American versus Led Zeppelin being British. Mm-hmm. So right, yeah, right, right. And and the Eagles, it's just that, you know. That bit of country tin, you know, tweakness mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> yeah, I think the Eagles is the one I know the least about, truly. I think I know the most stories about the Eagles just <laughs> because of Cameron and yeah. um, having to study on the show, but I don't know. I don't know too much of their music. So I'll have to say Almond Brothers fans, number two, Leonard Skinner, mm-hmm. number three, and uh, the Eagles, number four. That is the correct answer. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. That's what I said last week. <laughs> Word. That's right. I'm so glad. And I actually know about all the bands and and have all Led Zeppelin's albums and et cetera. <laughs> Great. I'm, well, I'm glad I passed the test. <laughs> oh, that's that's just great. Um, so uh, let's find out from David just a little bit more uh, what he'd like to you know let us know about you know like like especially like uh, say. Uh, uh, for his, the stuff, his projects, uh, you know, some social medias. Yeah, so I do a couple of podcasts, uh, Airplane Minute, Top Secret Minute, and uh, Sequel Harder. Uh, you can find them at their respective names on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find them all at com. And also, just r- relating to Led Zeppelin, uh, on Sequel Harder, we recently did the uh, – we read all of the three Thor movies – and in the third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, they use Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which in is a only great the th- way. Oh, it's so beautiful, right? It's only the third time that Led Zeppelin has let their music be used in a movie. The other two were Cameron Crowe movies, which is Almost Famous and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Wow. Wow, man. That's crazy. So, yeah. Find all that stuff at neozaz.com. That's great. That's very cool. Um, and so, Casey, uh, are, are, you know, how how can people find you or and and find out out about uh, various things you have going on? Um, my uh, my social media is all under the same thing for everything. It's at just Casey likes. Just is in the name. Um, and uh, and yeah, that's where you'll find out pretty much everything I'm doing. And uh, this is this is what I'm doing. Almost famous. This is what yeah. I'm doing right now. So <laughs> if you want to know, just think about it. If 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 the industry has not come back, if musical theater is not around, then just sit on your couch and think about how Casey is is waiting for Almost Famous, which I, I guess is a metaphor for for a lot of things like that. <laughs> but, 
yeah mm-hmm. thanks for having me all this has been incredible oh yeah that's that's for sure yeah it's been great uh hearing about yeah this 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 behind the scenes stuff that uh you know you and and very few other people kind of could give us some some insight on lucky to be here lucky really to cool. talk to people who are as passionate about it as i am well you'll have to meet uh the, my my number one co-host is is a great guy uh, aaron stark and and he's he says he's easily watched this over a hundred times and yes i feel like i'm getting close to it because i watch the same minute you know <laughs> <laughs> right you know, quite a few times before before getting on air and so forth but um but he 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 is, he is the truest fan i do believe but uh um, so yeah, so um, further uh, social media things for the show itself. Uh, Twitter uh, certainly a big place at uh, Almost Famous Men, and that's the same for Instagram that we have. And uh, Facebook, we have our group and our page. Our page is uh, at Facebook.com/slash Almost Famous Minute, and our group is called the Band Aids Listener Society. So just uh, search that out, and just have to answer a couple very easy questions. Uh, so I know you're not a bot. Yes. Uh, and so again, a huge, huge thanks to Casey, and hopefully he'll be back on for a couple or so more, maybe pretty soon, That's or awesome. you know, down the road. You know, it could happen either way, but uh, just hopefully schedules line up right. Uh, so it could be next week, uh, minute sixty nine, with another guest, and Casey would. Should should move up to the co-host spot, much like David did between the two weeks. Yes. Oh my oh, god! Mean I'm really fired. Appreciate that, David. I'm sorry, you just didn't Possibly. didn't make the round. Oh we man, caught it. <laughs> no, you killed it, David. That <laughs> yeah, was great talking to you. Yeah, David was an was a was an excellent guest co-host to have on for this for this minute. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, so uh, we'll be back with Minute 69 next week. This was 68, Minute 69 next. And until then, it's all happening. It's It's all all happening. happening. 69, dude. Yeah. So so happening so close to the deflowering. Yeah, I was also also thinking about it. You should have (laughs) just. What if I am a butt? I am a golden god! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 